0: Log Talk Radio. <music> Whenever that song gets played, it's always about the Open Cup, and that's going to start next year when we get to talk about the draw, the the, uh, first round proper and all the other rounds proper of the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup for the 2022 edition. But uh, once again, this will be the show for the 2022 Open Cup Amateur Qualifying Review Show number Good evening, everyone. Daniel Foyerstein here to talk about those clubs who have qualified for the 2022 U.S. Open Cup. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, Very excited to uh, once again bring you a secondary show on these clubs that have qualified through the Southeast region as well as the Western region of our country we had six clubs qualify through qualifying from the northeast and from the central that was azteca fc brockton fc the feeders kicks lynchburg fc northern virginia fc and oyster bay united five more clubs uh, excuse me five more clubs have joined to round out the rest of the field Of the amateur clubs And these clubs have joined Lansdowne boys of Yonkers, New York Who won the U.S. Adult Soccer Association Championship As now We have all 12 amateur clubs Ready to go Awaiting their time In January of next year To see who they'll be drawn with whom? It will not be within an amateur club. It will be drawn with a club either from USL League 1, USL League 2, uh, NISA, and the NPSL. So we have a fairly good amount of clubs from the professional level and to the amateur level to see who will face whom in this major, major matchup round. And it should be exciting. And once again, the draw will be done through U.S. Soccer, probably through their Twitter account, um, as uh, it will be coming out on Wednesday, January the 19th. Once again, let me just get my my notes here for everyone so that we all know what's going to happen. So here's what we can tell you right now. January 6th, Open Division Perth allocation announcement. So that shouldn't be too far away uh, down the road. And then on January the 19th, first round draw, there will be a show to review that draw. And I'm going to try and bring over clubs that have been a part of it, of this draw as well. And then on January the 26th, from USL Championship, they'll be entering the second round. And the second round pairings uh, will be announced. And then the big, big round one proper on March 22nd and March 23rd, that's when the first round will happen. And then after the first round has been taken care of, we're going to go into the second round and that, my friends, that's when it gets really, really interesting Um, We are going to have, of course, those clubs from US Cell Championship coming in. Uh, There will not be, as I've uh, found out, Oklahoma City Energy, OKCFC will not be out there in 2022. They're just going to be on hiatus. They're not gone. They have not disappeared. Apparently, Taft Stadium uh, will be closed as uh, the school, the high school uh, stadium that they use it's going to be uh, under renovation probably for a good long year. So that would mean uh, for uh, energy, I guess they tried to find an alternative place, but probably nothing happened. So um, that's just speculation on my part. Uh, so uh, they will not be involved in USL Championship nor in the Open Cup. But here are the clubs from second division that will be involved in the second round proper as they start then, of course, from all two conferences, Eastern and Western, Birmingham Legion in Alabama, Charleston Battery of South Carolina, Colorado Springs Switchbacks of Colorado, Detroit City now making that move to USL Championship and second division, um, and of course from Michigan, El Paso Locomotive from Texas. Hartford Athletic in Connecticut. Indy 11 in Indianapolis. Las Vegas Lights in Nevada. Louisville City in the state of Louisville. Excuse me, Kentucky. uh, Memphis, 901 FC. We got Miami FC in Florida. uh, New expansion side, Monterey Bay FC Union out of California. New Mexico United out of Albuquerque. The Oakland Roots out of California and once again Oakland Roots now will be using the uh, Oakland, the former Oakland Raiders, their training facility will now be considered a home stadium or at least a home field for the Roots and that is just wonderful to see that a facility that of course will be both a training facility probably is maybe as well as a Uh, uh, Stadium area That would be fantastic And of course Oakland Roots have already advertised it uh, On their Twitter page Um, Orange County SC The current USL Championship League Champions And then of course Phoenix Rising Out of Arizona, Pittsburgh Riverhounds Sacramento Republic San Antonio FC San Diego Loyal Tampa Bay Rowdies and FC Tulsa So for Tulsa The Battle of Oklahoma is going to be put on hold for one season. So that's going to be uh, fun to talk about, uh, you know, for now. But, you know, obviously not fun for Tulsa not to have their in-state rock. But, you know, it doesn't really matter what goes on. But, you know, let me just say this. This has been a wild and wacky ride through Open Cup qualifying. Never, ever have I ever seen um a theme in qualifying where a good amount of matches were forfeited due to uh roster issues roster issues i know these are amateur clubs i know that they are you know trying to get as many players possible to go and compete for the Open Cup, and when certain things are not going their way, you know you're not able to go and have a full team. Now, like I've said, I understand those issues. Uh, it's tough, and I understand maybe U.S. Soccer maybe can do a little bit of a better job of getting some of these things going. But you know, at the end of the day, depending on some of these players, we don't know what their normal profession will be. I mean, some are lawyers, some are probably doctors or, you know, male nurses or construction or just doing certain things that at least, you know, a high-profile job that just can't get out of or anniversaries, birthdays, special events, I understand, and it's tough not to have certain people uh, or certain players ready to go, which is why I think there's got to be better communication involved here to get some of these players ready to go for the roster because and, and I want to say this right now i'm not I'm not trying to poo poo it, but I think what u s soccer has to do is better communication on the weekends or or whatever the weekend's dates are going to be to have these Open Cup qualification games because it's, it's so important to make sure that we have these matches played. I understand it's great for the clubs that advance to the next round or to advance into the qualification of the Open Cup itself, but honestly, honestly, I think... We really need to have better coordination and better communication with U.S. soccer and the Open Cup committee. I know it's whatever it is, but I just feel like we have to have better communication here to discuss uh, when the dates are going at, you know, ahead of time and – for some of these and, you know, better communication along with the, uh, you know, soccer, the state soccer associations as well, everything. Because we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there could be even be a business trip that we're not aware of that has to be done uh, at a certain time just to make sure that there are enough players in the pool of all these respective amateur clubs to go on and fight for a spot for the open cup. And a club like the Hawks, who I felt really bad for because they wanted to go back into qualifying for the Open Cup. It never happened because of the roster uh, situation. And uh, they were not able to compete uh, when they were scheduled to do so. And it's just uh, really tough to see a club like that to advance. Now, once again... These are people with everyday jobs, you know, lacing up their boots on a part-time situation. And, you know, what are you going to do? They have a full-time job, part-time player. This is not the weekend warrior situation. You're actually playing in a league game that is sanctioned by and under the umbrella of U.S. soccer. It is an official league in U.S. soccer, sometimes it works in your favor, and sometimes it doesn't. So it's really tough to, you know, fault anybody else when these situations are happening. And, um, you know, once again, uh, old clubs are not, or any club is not able to, to compete, but we have these clubs that have been able to compete. And some of them have advanced to the next round. Some of them them have advanced all the way into the, the final round. And they were able to go and do the job to get their spot for the 2022 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. It has been absolutely fabulous to watch. It's been absolutely fabulous to see it all come down. And I, for one, am very, very glad, very, very glad to see that we have everything taken care of. It was a lot of fun to watch. It was exciting to watch. And I'm just happy that we were able to get big-time players, big-time clubs, Going in there, fighting for their playoff Open Cup qualification lives. It is wonderful to see. It's wonderful to discuss. And hopefully we can go out and get a hell of an Open Cup tournament that we have not seen in the last two seasons. And that's what it's all about. Once again... Let me just let you know quickly what, who they are. Azteca FC, Brockton FC, Defeaters, Lynchburg FC, Northern Virginia FC, Oyster Bay United, from the rest of the field, City Soccer FC out of West Palm Beach, Florida, Orlando FC Wolves, San Fernando Valley oh. FC, Contra Costa FC, and finally Escondido FC. The rest of the field, those last five clubs, filled in filled it in nicely, and it is absolutely a lot of fun to know what's in store for us in the coming calendar year of two thousand and twenty two. It is fantastic to see, it is brilliant to look at, and ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get this thing rolling. Joining right now. This gentleman wanted to come on uh, the first show, unfortunately, uh, did not, I was not able to do so, but I have him on right now, he is uh, the club leader of Defeater's Kicks out of Texas, and is is Mr. Edgar Hernandez joining me right now. Edgar, good evening, and how are you?
1: Great, yeah, great, Daniel. Thanks for the introduction. We're doing great, you know, here in, 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 in Dallas, to be exact, uh, you know, just finishing uh final details to get, you know, prep ready for the upcoming year and and to get ready for our first uh ever open cup. So, I mean we're excited and, you know, good to join you guys today and happy to see that more teams have uh, clinched their their spot in, in, in the big dance next year.
0: Absolutely. You know, we've seen some wonderful moments Uh, especially from the professional levels of American soccer, like FC Dallas, a one-time Open Cup champion. Houston Dynamo, also a one-time Open Cup champion. Uh, We've seen San Antonio FC be in the tournament. Uh, El Paso Locomotive. We've seen those great runs by uh, Laredo Heat. And a long time ago, obviously, Dallas-Roma, the Wolves of Dallas-Roma were able to have a great run until they faced a very tough Los Angeles Galaxy in the later rounds of the Open Cup a long time ago. Uh, And to have now defeaters' kicks involving themselves into the Open Cup for the very first time uh, in the club's history, that must be something special for you guys to see these past clubs of of the amateur level to get in there and, you know, get your feet wet?
1: No, no, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, here locally, I mean, we, some of our players weren't uh, uh, young young enough to uh, remember the Dallas-Roma runs, but we did have uh, North Texas Rayados here, and they did uh, make, uh, you know, a couple consecutive years good runs, and, I mean, just have them kind of... uh, uh, kind of based off, off of their, you know, success in the Cup uh, the past years, I mean, it's been kind of, you know, inspirational, motivational, you know. Uh, you know, as they get older, obviously, there's going to be new, new and upcoming talent, and, I mean, hopefully, you know, we're planning to qualify for the Open Cup the past, what, two years? But, you know, due mm-hmm. to the pandemic, uh, you know, stuff happens, and, and this 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 year has been our first uh, ever qualifiers and, and our first try we've been able to uh we've been able to qualify for the cup and I mean, like you said, I mean it's it's the beautiful thing about the tournament is single game elimination, so anything can happen in ninety minutes.
0: Exactly. And uh yes, the North Texas Riados, uh very, very tough, tough club in the Texas area. Of North Texas, I believe, uh, in the amateur ranks. I've heard many, many times from Denton Diablo's owner, Damon Gokner how tough they are and how big of a club they are over there. And, you know, you've got to really be on your game if you're going to take on a strong amateur side like the Raya Dosar uh, over there down in Texas. So I don't blame you at all for You know, feeling like you really got to face them and really have a solid game plan against them. And that's the brilliance of the Open Cup. You've got these clubs that are probably legacy clubs or have been around since day one, and they just find a way to dominate and, you know, qualify for the Open Cup as many times as possible. I want to get into uh, your club right now. I want to recap some of your matches. Uh, Unfortunately, in your opening round match against Lone Star Republic, uh, they forfeited, so that gave you automatic introduction to the next round. Um, was that a, a match where, you know, obviously it's nice to advance to the next round, but you wanted your 90 minutes against them, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, we I think we tried uh, to save that match uh, a couple times uh, due to uh, some paperwork troubles. And, I mean, it would, I think it would have been a really good matchup. I mean, they are a very good team, and they did uh, – prepare and were prepared for, for the game, the first round of the qualifiers. But unfortunately, due to circumstances out of our control, um, you know, they, they kind of uh, opted out of of participating in the Open Cup last minute. So, I mean, the game was called off. And, I mean, we were giving the, the win. And then two weeks later, they tried to rescue the game. But then again, they gave us a win, so I guess you can say it was it was a pretty hectic one or two weeks of, of you know trying to get the paperwork. Well, the other team trying to get the paperwork in or try to get a venue uh, accommodated, but, but unfortunately, the game couldn't couldn't be couldn't be played.
0: Yeah, that's unfortunate. Like you said, uh, you're in the Dallas area. It would have been nice maybe FC Dallas would have loaned you one of their fields that they usually do for the Dallas Cup youth tournament. Uh, yeah. Maybe next time. Uh, not speaking for FC Dallas, of course, but maybe it would be nice if they uh, found a way to let you use one of their fields uh, uh, to try and save that match if possible. But that's another time for another day, so we won't worry about that right now. <laughs> next round, uh, you went, uh, took on the Houston Hotshots, and it was a 2-1 victory. That must have been a very hotly contested match for you and Houston.
1: Yes, uh, we hosted Houston here here in Dallas, and uh, it was our first game, so, I mean, it was kind of, you know, uh, I think we had, you know, the team was a little bit nervous the first half, and, I mean, we, that match we did not play our best game, but still managed to get the result due to, uh, uh, you know, Great fight and and you know the the willingness to to turn turn the match around because I think we were down one zero we scored uh, in the second half took it overtime uh, the other team got a PK in overtime our goalie blocked it and then we got another I think we got a PK in the second overtime then we got a red card so it was it was you know it was a back and forth match with a lot of uh, obstacles we had a overcome so it was you know your typical open cup match very exciting very uh you know very crazy in the in the sense of you know symbol nation game i mean you could you could you could feel the the intensity in the air both both teams did not want to lose that game and we had um oscar romero which is uh north texas soccer club former player was sitting on a on a red card from an Open Cup qualifier match from 2016, 2017, I want to say. So we did not oh have it. Oh, God, him. and he had to serve so that
0: suspension, didn't he? Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Yes. So that was unfortunate, too, because we, we kind of planned our whole, you know, month or two before that, you know, our sack our, our uh, based off of him. And we find out a week before that he is not, He is not able to play due to suspension from four or five years
0: behind. That that had to be rough to have a player not available due to a past red card where uh, he had to finally serve that suspension against you guys. Yeah, we got to be careful when it comes to these things with the red card suspensions and when the next time that said player uh, is going to be involved in the Open Cup itself. And then finally, uh, defeating Southwest FC... In your final qualifier, another two-one victory, probably another hotly contested matchup. Was it difficult from the get-go, or you settled in nicely at the start of the opening whistle?
1: Uh, no, this uh, this one was very, I think, a very special game in the sense of uh, first of all, we decided that flying over there was our better option, as the twelve-hour drive would probably have had our players, you know, tired and and. And maybe you're not with the same energy to to contest. And we had so Oscar was back a striker, but unfortunately he got hurt two weeks before uh, the game. He pulled a, pulled his uh hamstring so he was not available to play again. So we were we had a couple players out, we had uh some players on un- unavailable to travel, so we ended up traveling with 12 field players to play El Paso with some uh, of our subs and our, our, our reserves kind of stepping up to to play 490. So we're already kind of going into the game uh, limited in, in, in player selection, but the guys went out there and, you know, like I said, you know, you're out there, you you're motivated. We had a couple players from Paso that had about twenty twenty five fans each come out and and support us, which kind of motivated the guys a little bit more. And and the guys played unbelievable. You know, it's it's just those games where every pass, you know, every touch is just coming your way. Every fifty fifty ball, you know, your team wins. And I mean, we we just took advantage of the opportunities we had and. and, and we had our 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 guy step up for PK in the second half, and and we held the result with about fifteen ten minutes left in the second half.
0: Yeah, but no, that's
1: fantastic. Two, uh, Southwest very good opponent. They had won, I believe, the first and second round by about six seven goals each. So they were they were a good team, and we knew we were heading in there with a tough. A tough task at hand, but the guys, like I mentioned before, the guys stepped up and I mean they're motivated they you know it's it's uh, you know you win and you're in mentality and i mean we our guys wanted to really win, and we knew that if we're just one game away of being in the in the open cup that we weren't gonna come back to Dallas without those you know that win and and we managed to make it happen thankfully.
0: And it's great to hear that. It's wonderful. The draw will be on Wednesday, uh, January the 19th, for that opening round proper. What's that going to mean to you? You wait for the word. You go to uh, U.S. Soccer's Twitter account, and you find out your opponent. It could be a, uh, a professional club in Division Three, like USL League One, NISA. It could be another amateur side from USL League Two, the NPSL. What's that going to be like for you, for you and your uh, players and your coaching staff to finally see the, your club name, Defeaters, Kicks, have an opponent for the Open Cup?
1: I think uh, very special. I mean, this is two years ago. This is why we started the, the club, you know, to give the guys uh, a platform not just to play but to compete and to showcase their talents and what, what other b- better place to do it than, than the Open Cup against top top teams that have gone through the same qualifications or even earned their, their right to be in the tournament through, through the professional level. So it's – it's the guys are very excited. The coaches are excited. You know, the club, the youth academy players are very excited to come out and support. So it's it's something that I'm kind of really looking forward to, even though it feels like it's a – long ways ahead and time will go by fast and I mean our guys are already preparing now to, to be ready for, 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 for the, the tournament
0: and that's going to be something special and it's going to be very exciting I guess my last question for you is this the neighborhood of where or the town that you are uh, playing your home games at what's the feeling around the town now that this club is officially open cup bound
1: yeah, no, we've we've gotten a lot of support uh, throughout our, our community, uh, you know, through fundraising or through uh, coming out to the games to watch. And I mean, these guys, you know, I give everything to you know all the credit of my players and my coaches that, that that go out there, you know, you know they're actually out there performing and, and 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 setting up the game plan and and the guys they're they're you know everywhere they go they're really happy to be. Finally, part of the Open Cup, and, and the people in the community are, are excited to kind of have have another team, you know, that now that Rayados aren't are, uh, actively playing in Open Cup to to kind of step up and 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 uh, compete and showcase the talent that there is in in Dallas Fort Worth, you know. So it's it's something to look forward to, something that players and the fans and and the local community kind of can come together and, and for this special, you know, we not it doesn't happen every year when a team from, from our town competes in the open cup. So hopefully, you know, if it if it comes to us hosting, I mean we get a, you know, special event and special special occasion for, for 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 the town here that that we compete in.
0: Absolutely. Edgar, have a good evening. Good luck next year. And hopefully you guys get a run going. So
1: thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for having me. Have a great night. Enjoy the best of your, the rest of your week and happy holidays and happy new year. See you guys uh, soon.
0: Okay, have a happy new year. Thank you. Edgar Hernandez runs the Defeaters Kicks over in the Dallas area of Texas. Uh, my next guest was supposed to come on, then all of a sudden could not make it. League match uh, tonight, but he's down in Central Florida. For the Orlando FC Wolves, and this is in a recorded interview, Bradley Welsh. Here it is. Daniel seen here, the American Soccer Show. We are reviewing the 2021 MLS Cup playoffs, the Eastern Conference Final, as New York City FC come out of nowhere, defeats the Philadelphia Union by a final of two goals to one. Joining me from Blue City Radio to discuss this, the one and only Michael Ander Michael... Where can you say in this game that I think NYCFC would admit they didn't play well, but when they did take their chances, they were opportunistic, and they found a way to beat the third stringer in goal for the Union?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, for, first of all, Dan, thanks for having me on the show. I agree, yeah, Ronnie Dyler said it so, uh, pretty much uh, after the game, and it didn't take... Uh, a genius to look at that game and realize that, quite honestly, to start the match, the Union were the better team. Uh, NYCFC was going into uh, Chester. Yes, they were playing against the weakened uh, Philadelphia Union side because of the COVID issues that the the team was struggling with. But the Union controlled that midfield very well, and NYCFC, without Tati Castellanos, couldn't really stretch the Union defense and couldn't take advantage of, of the weakened defense that was there. Uh, Aurelian Collin is a great player. He's had a great career, but he he definitely doesn't have the same pep that he uh, that he had back uh, you know three or four years ago when he was playing in uh, Kansas City. And the reality of it is, is uh, really didn't do a lot to test him except for uh, when Maxie got that uh, that equalizer.
0: Yeah, I have to admit, and you know how strange is that to see a one side who were ready to go, ready to play. They don't have Andre Blake. They don't have Jakob Glesnes. They don't have uh, Corey Burke. They don't have Alvis Powell. They don't have a good chunk of their starting 11. And yet, they put themselves in this position because apparently they were having a party before this Eastern Conference Final. And apparently that's how some of these players got the COVID and their substitutes bench filled with veterans, also got infected. And you basically had basically third stringers that were probably going to get their opportunity or not, depending on how plucky Jim Curtin was.
2: Yeah, and, and I think that's a testament to, to Jim Curtin. I know uh, I'm not the only one saying it. Uh, Curtin de- deserves a lot of credit. He spoke uh, positives to, uh, to the media about the game and about what his team was, uh, was capable of doing. And uh the the team that, you know, did everything uh they had to do. Again, like I said, that first half I happened to be seated in the uh in the stadium behind the uh the goal that NYCFC was uh, attacking and I barely got to see uh, NYCFC. What did they get? They got a corner kick and a couple of uh off chances, but for the most part the ball was all in uh in in uh NYC's defensive end.
0: Yeah, it was really interesting to watch and then of course, all the goals were scored by New York City. The first one was the own goal in the 63rd minute by uh, Callens. and I, I mean, I could not believe he, he put himself in that position. I know he was defending that ball, but when, when you see the shot live in front of you going off his foot and past Sean Johnson, what was the first thing you thought of before Maxi Morales equalized two minutes later?
2: Uh, quite honestly, I, w- I was nervous that NYCFC wasn't going to be able to overcome the energy in the stadium. Uh, that that was my biggest fear. It wasn't necessarily about the um, about the the, the 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 players on the field. Uh, it was more. It just more felt like that stadium was electric. It was a great crowd for uh, for Philly. Look, NYCFC probably had a good. Uh, thousand to fifteen hundred fans in, in the building but uh it was still a very dominant union crowd and uh that place went went electric when they because i think it was a matter of what they were knew they were up against not only were they playing all these uh third stringers in the in the back line but they were uh they had a, they had a third stringer in net, in and here they are taking advantage of it and again i think people would have if you looked on paper before this uh you know, before this game started people would definitely say NYCFC should have had the advantage and NYCFC just didn't play up to uh, their potential yeah uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Dyler def- definitely did something that he's not used to doing uh, he recognized the uh, the need for a change and he actually made the change before that before that goal was scored and i think that that's where uh you know he he deserves a little bit of credit for saying that uh you know things things had to, had, to, had to happen for NYCFC to win
0: yeah, I agree with you there. And I think that was a smart tactical move. And uh, he found a way to uh, you know, get this into his advantage. And then, of course, later on, uh, after Maxi Morales equalizes two minutes later from the own goal by Callens, um, big moment late in the match, 88th minute, two minutes before second-half stoppage time. And many people are already thinking, extra time, we're not going to see much. But then here comes that big goal. Uh, and you could probably pronounce his name better than I can, B- Bacalar Martins, I believe it is. Uh, what a what a strike that was to give New York City the lead. An, an unknown player, uh, probably through my eyes and maybe through your eyes, but not from Ronnie Dahlia's eyes. And he finds a way to put that ball in the back of the net and makes it 2-1 late, very very late in the second half
2: uh okay i'm going to correct you though it's, uh talish magno was the uh, the, the brazilian that uh, that scored the, the game winner for n y c f c
0: thank you uh
2: yeah the the uh, the cross uh, great cross by uh goody thoronson uh goody has been a, a, a key piece of n y c f c for the last uh year and a half he was notably the player last year in the orlando game that uh, had his p k saved by the defender so uh, you know, again, I think he's uh, he's one of those guys who's feeling the uh, the joy of, of having them advance, having the team advance to uh, the MLS Cup, coming off uh, one of his crosses. And look, it's a, it's about Mbaizo. That play is about Mbaizo not re- realizing that Aronson is on his back. Bizo for some crazy reason, allows that ball to bounce in his own box. That Aronson jumps on it, puts the ball across, and it's the uh, the uh, 18-year-old Talish Magno. Brazilian, uh, he was one of the highest-paid players at NYCFC. He paid for, uh, for a transfer fee, and uh, he, str- he struck at home. And uh, Talish is a, ca- he's a young player, came in, was signed uh, while he was still injured, spent a lot of time recovering, and hasn't played a lot of minutes, but the minutes that he's played have been important for the club, and uh, and you can see it.
0: So what does this say about New York City FC right now? You defeated Atlanta United, and let's be fair here. I don't think this was Atlanta United's best season at all uh, with the coaching situation. Obviously, with Josef Martinez returning from injury from the season-long ending injury from uh, last year. Uh, but you do defeat them two goals to nil. You head over to Foxborough to take on the defending, well, at the time, of course, the currently winning Supporters' Shield champions in the New England Revolution. You beat them in a penalty kick shootout. Um, To advance to this Eastern Conference Final And This particular game Where a little wackiness comes into play I guess a little bit of unforeseen uh, Pandemic issue pops up as well And now How would you Basically rate all These last three playoff games That will now lead the club For the first time to go to the MLS Cup Championship
2: well, I think uh, the, the first thing I'd say is that the, the club is definitely feeling confident. Uh, again, they, uh, they, the, the the Atlanta game was probably the game that they should have won and did win. But again, it wasn't easy. The uh, the New England game, even though they took that lead, they conceded the, the lead twice. And both times they conceded the lead. It was within uh, five or six minutes of, of taking it. Uh, so that was one of those situations where you could have easily seen uh, – New England coming back and uh, and getting that uh, you know getting that victory in PKs, but it was uh, you know the fact that uh, NYCFC was able to come out of Foxborough against the uh, Supporters Shield victors it uh, w- was huge for their momentum, and yes I, I get it that uh, Philly was playing a, a depleted squad, but Philly was still a strong team a strong team to uh, to have to battle against and the fact that NYCFC scored two unanswered. Yes, that that second goal was in the the waning minutes of the game, but it was. Uh, I think this team is riding high, and let's go back to that game in Foxborough. Again, that game was on a Tuesday. Uh, that game didn't end till whatever. What was it? Almost 10 o'clock on Tuesday night, up in Massachusetts. NYCSC had to get back to New York, had to recover, and then they played. Uh, you know, Saturday afternoon. I'm sorry, Sunday afternoon. Whereas uh, Philly, even though they were. Uh, they they had this issue with COVID. They still had uh, two extra days worth the rest. Yeah, and they also had uh, they had a couple of days or a day and a half to prepare when they started to realize that the uh, the, the positive tests were coming in. So they had a, you know they had a, a, a fair amount of time to, to get ready and prep the best they could.
0: Yeah, no, and I agree with you there. And they really took advantage when they had to. And right now they're in the big moment here to try and get. Uh, to win their first club title, or or should I say the first title in club history, uh, first league championship in their history, be it six, seven years in MLS. But I want to throw this at you, and we all know the talent that is in the New York City area, whether it be the five boroughs, Long Island, Westchester County. Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. I'm so sorry. I thought I had that done correctly. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and find uh, that audio, and I will um, I will uh, find that audio. I know I did it. I'm going to find that audio, and hopefully um, I can get Mr. Bradley Welsh on. I apologize about that. I thought I had it, but I guess I didn't, and that's my fault. And I'm very sorry about that, folks. I that's my fault and I apologize. I thought I had it. I'm going to go and find it for you um and hopefully um we'll play it for you uh, as quickly as possible um, in between. So hopefully I can find it for you. If I don't find it, and I apologize about it. Um but you know, we'll see what happens um you know, going down, but uh, I will try and find it for you as quickly as I can. I didn't mean for that to happen. Uh, I'm very, very sorry. I thought I had it. Um, And, um, well, that's an error on my part, and I apologize for that. But we're going to move forward. We're going to move on here to uh, my next guest. Uh, This gentleman here is the head coach of Contra Costa FC in Ishmaili. Uh And he joins me right now to talk about his club qualifying for the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, Mr. Ismaili, is that how you pronounce your last name?
3: That's about as great as I can, as, as maybe as I've ever heard it. Well done. Ah, <laughs> well then. I've been called worse. Put it that way. I've been called. Uh, no,
2: away. no, no, nothing like that. <laughs> How's
3: everybody doing?
0: Everybody's doing very well. Thank you very much uh, for joining awesome. me tonight, and uh, congratulations. Oh, no problem. Thank you for coming on, and congratulations on reaching the Open Cup opening round. Here, of course, uh, part of the NPSL uh, Contra Costa, so you'll be part of the amateur section. Uh, in this one if I can ask you this what does this mean to you to see a, your club that has probably done a lot in NPSL action but now you went through the amateur level of qualification and uh, to reach this open cup moment well, what's it like for Contra Costa
3: well I mean it's it's extremely exciting it's it's probably the highest level on an amateur level that anybody within our club can participate in so it, it, it kind of levels the the playing field so that everyone who has played all their life and not been in a position to play professionally can now participate in uh, and be challenged and compete against the best of the best within the community within the area and hopefully against some of the professional teams, which is which is fun and it's an incredible opportunity. We we have a very young squad. We've, we've got high school players that just graduated that start for us now. We've got mainly U twenty players on the team, so the experience and the the, the opportunity for for these guys and uh, and what they've already gone through is is it's incredible. It's it's, it's, it's really fun.
0: It sounds like it is, and uh, very excited uh, to hear about your. Your club advancing to the Open Cup opening round and getting ready for that draw that's coming up. Uh, just out of curiosity, uh, you're obviously in California on the West Coast. What is Contra Costa like uh, as a town, and how heavy are they uh, supporting your club?
3: Well, it, it's, it's myself and uh, Gus Laredo, who is the owner of the team that pretty much run the day-to-day mm-hmm. trainings and operations. And for us, what we've tried to do is really create a platform for these, these kids in, in, the, in the local Northern California community that a, a lot of them ha- haven't necessarily had uh, an opportunity, maybe fallen through the cracks, and are great kids, work, go to school, and, you know, have so much passion, a lot of talent, and just haven't been seen or haven't been in a structure where they've been given an an opportunity and so we've kind of you know spent a lot of our time and energy trying to to put together this this group that uh, we love and within this community and sort of you know put the glue and connect them and start to provide sort of a structure so that it it provides and gives them uh, a stepping stone on this journey so that they can show their talent so most of the the matches that we've had in in obviously NPSL, the men's league, or even an open cup, have been really men and a lot of experience and, and sort of a younger group. And I, I don't know where else you can get that kind of experience, but to, to participate, obviously, in these sort of uh, these these competitive matches. So for us, it's it's for for us in Northern California, it's, it it means a lot and we really want to make sure that these kids uh, sort of have this platform so that they can they can blossom.
0: Exactly, and uh, so far it looks like you've got them to blossom very, very strongly. Let's go ahead and recap some of your matches, of course. Uh, excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Sorry about that. Let's go ahead and recap some of these matches involving your club. You had the first round uh, bye, and so uh, no, no one in the West really or in California actually played. Uh, then you go into the second round against uh, Modesto City, and that was a 3-1 victory. Uh, Modesto, not far away, I believe, from uh, the Bay Area. But w- what is it about Modesto that was either a problem or uh, were very competitive against you guys?
3: Well, Modesto is about an hour away from us. Um, they... Uh they were a little bit of a wild card because it looked to us that everyone that they brought in to the club to participate in open cup were somewhat new to, to the club. And so we knew that they were there to obviously focus on just getting the results, getting the win. And so for us and having, again, a younger sort of group, the understanding of you're playing against players that are professional playing against players that are, Uh, Division 1, they already completed Division 1 or Division 2 soccer, and so these are like, in a way, all-star teams of of older people, and so it it made it difficult because we didn't really necessarily know what to expect when they didn't have the same exact core group as their general uh, team that, that you can go and watch a video of their game or or match and kind of get an idea so so it was kind of a little bit arbitrary in terms of what we were going to expect and anticipate but um but but it was good it was good we did well
0: good that's wonderful to know uh <laughs> and of course you're <laughs> well then you know obviously your next round uh match was against el farolito i guess you're no strangers to el farolito probably one of the top clubs either in the amateur level or in the uh npsl and of course, uh, that was a victory as well, a tight 1-3-2 uh, against them. Uh, you know, is this like a normal derby between El Farolito and Contra Costa, or um, just a really hard-fought battle against them?
3: Well, I tell you, moving forward, it's going to be a derby because uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, that that game was that, a barn burner. It was an unbelievable and an incredible game. They, they, again, have incredible talent. They've, got, they've won the Open Cup. They've got professionals from South America. They play physical. They play technical. They have great soccer IQs. If you step on the field with them, it's going to be like playing a professional team. If you, if, if you want a preparation in your life to see and, and get a, 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 an understanding of what it's like to play a professional team, I have absolutely all the respect for, for that club. They're they're well coached. They got a great owner. Everything about them is uh, top notch. So for us, it was really a, an opportunity to not only be challenged. I mean, to the to the brink. We scored in the ninety, maybe second minute, uh, the third goal, and we won three two. But as you know, a lot of these matches, we could have won four one, and they could have won four one. So to get out of there and get the result was was incredible. And so now I think. You know, we're on the map a little bit more with them. And so when we play with them moving forward, obviously it's going to be super competitive.
0: Oh, yes, it will. And, then, you know, I got to say, this match against San Francisco Metro FC, uh, that final one to get you into the uh, draw, my goodness, 1-1 through regulation and extra time. As a good friend of mine always says, twitchy bum time, you go straight to penalties and you just edge them out 8 7 did you go through the full eight rounder, or was there a miss here and there?
3: Oh my goodness! Um, again, an experienced team. Um, they had Matt Fondy, who's who was Oakland Roots MVP last year. Great human, great guy. Was a USL Championship MVP not too many years ago. Um, incredible player. Great group. Again, well coached. And for us, again, the challenge, the competition kind of a, an opportunity to showcase our, our philosophy and the youth of our team and compete against uh, great talent. And so, you know, they scored the first goal, and it was Matt Fondy, um, and it, it, was, it showed why he's, he's such a great player. But then uh, we got fortunate and – or they got unfortunate and tripped us in the box, and we got a penalty kick. So we tied, and then we had two overtimes, and there was many opportunities probably on both sides, but I felt that we had a lot of the possession and um, created a lot of the good chances, and by the end, both teams had cramps and were dead, and so uh, the, the PKs went to, to, to the end, to eight to seven, so it was a lot of drama, which is uh, obviously what we must like, seems like, all this drama. So we got it. You got it. You had it in the back pocket. You got it.
0: Um, For those of us that are familiar, obviously, with what goes on in Los Angeles and San Diego, maybe a little bit in the Bay Area, but, you know, where you are currently, how much talent is there in the northern end of California? I mean, I'm assuming there is, but we don't hear a lot about it. What is it over there that's in the water that gets you to bring over talented players for your club and all these other clubs in the surrounding area?
3: Well, I think if you look at uh, you look at all these different sort of fragmented uh, clubs within all of U.S. soccer, but even in, in Northern California, from what used to be the development academy to now MLS Next and, and all the USLs and Nisas and you know all all the different NPSL NSL, you, you've got a lot of different sort of uh, platforms for for people, and and at the end of the day there's a lot of these people that are so talented, passionate, and they just don't have maybe the resource or they're a single parent and they work or they have to go to school and work or they go to work at, you know, three in the morning. And, and so that, these are the kids sometimes that we see that don't necessarily have as much of an opportunity. And so for us, we, we, we try to really give them this opportunity to sort of show their talents and to, to, sort of collectively come together and, and have another opportunity to be challenged and play at a high level. So it's not just finding a kid that plays, oh, you're at the development academy. Oh, you must be good. And here you come. It's more of a different group that has a lot of talent again and passion and just hasn't necessarily had that equal opportunity. And, and there's so much of that out here. And I know in Northern California where we are, there's tremendous talent. Tremendous talent. But as you know, it's not what's on the pitch or their technical uh, ability. Sometimes it's off the pitch and making sure that, you know, they have uh, a pathway so that they they can get to the field and play and and what have you. So if if you get that and they have uh, sort of on and off the pitch opportunity, really they're such great kids that uh, it becomes a success story. And for us, that's a major win.
0: Exactly, a major win to help some of these kids achieve some dreams and uh, move forward to the next level in American soccer. Taking a look here um, at the list, obviously, USL League 1, NISA, USL League 2. I don't know if you'll be facing off against a NPSL opponent, but we'll see what happens if you do. Um, who are you looking to aim at? Who are you aiming for to when you get your name drawn on January 19th for that uh, opening round match in March?
3: Well, I think we're the last NPSL team that, or the only NPSL team that qualified. So I think um, for us, um, you know, we're not necessarily looking to target anyone specific um, to put a bounty on their head so that we could showcase <laughs> ourselves type of thing. But obviously, for, for the little train to try to go up the hill, we're, we're, we would love to have um, an opportunity to play anyone. If you want to bring the earthquakes from San Jose, no problem. If you want to bring the Oakland Roots, that's fine. Or the Sac Republic or anybody else in between, I, I look forward to it. It'll be so much fun. As far as I'm concerned, all of us in this interview, we, we have nothing to lose. We're, we're the underdogs. And the pressure, as far as I'm concerned, is on the big dogs. So That's right. I look That's forward right. to it. Yep.
0: Playing with house money. I love that thinking. You're playing with house That's money. Right.
3: That's right. That's right. We're going
0: to see some fun here, and let's see what happens. Uh, you'll have that opportunity if you get out of that first round at least. So we'll see what's going to happen over there. Um, when Contra Costa uh, residents found out, that your club qualified for the open cup. What was the what was the mood like in town? What was the celebrations like with uh the players? Uh your coaching staff as well as ownership?
3: I think there was a short of, of shortage of tequila that um uh, transpired from the community. But no I'm only kidding. Uh I think <laughs> really we, we've got such a again, such a great group, a, a younger group, and, and you have families at the games, um, parents, aunts, nieces, nephews. It, it literally is the epitome of what a community is. And, and it's, it, it's, in a way, kind of obviously shocking to everyone to have the opportunity. There's a lot of respect for the opponents that we've played. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's just being proud, just being completely proud of of these guys, and, and you know, for, for all of us to to know that they've gone through so much to get to this point, and yes, they won the game, but more importantly, the way they won the game and the experience that they've gotten—it's uh—it's really—it's priceless. It's fantastic.
0: Oh, I bet it is. I bet it is, and it's going to be exciting. National television <laughs> streaming on ESPN Plus for the very first time in your club's history for these open cup games. Uh, that must be a very big uh, salivating moment for you and ownership.
3: Oh, who would it be for? It's so exciting. These guys, I can't even imagine. First of all, you get all your family from across the country and friends that are able to now access watching you play. And then of course, again, our probably average age is 20 years old. So, these, these guys are, are so excited about the fact that uh, they're, they're going to have a moment playing on ESPN. Uh, it's, it's priceless. It's great. And also it's incentive. It's going to motivate them to push hard, especially now in, in terms of preparation for, for the matches moving forward. So um, so I, I love it. I know they love it. And um, we're going to have to buy some makeup artists so we can get all, you know, good-looking and ready to so go we'll get those interviews going.
0: Bring some extra water Just so they can sweat more That's it
2: (laughs) Absolutely Uh, I
0: love the sound of your voice You're all giddy for this It's wonderful to hear it I'm so happy for you I'm so happy for Contra Costa FC Good luck in the Open Cup In the first round Good luck when the draw hits January 19th And hope to have you back on the show Again very soon You have a good night
3: Thank you for uh, doing this for all of us. We appreciate it. You you have a good night as well. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you very much. You're welcome. Bijan Esmali, head coach of Contra Costa FC, joining us tonight. Just a fun, fun time uh, to talk with him. And Contra Costa FC advancing to the U.S. Open Cup. Okay, so once again, I want to go back to Orlando FC Wolves. I apologize for the apparently – I got the wrong um, audio. I was trying to get Bradley Welsh. What I will do for tomorrow night's show, last show of 2021, after my scheduled guests, I'm going to, tonight, I'm going to look for Bradley Welsh's audio. And then what I will do is I will play that. When I find it, I will play it on Wednesday night for everyone because I want to give a fair opportunity to Orlando FC Wolves to have their man being heard i apologize for that i wish it didn't have i wish that didn't happen uh it i thought i had it i thought i got it done right and unfortunately um i gotta go and search for it now and to make sure that it's been taken care of so um once again i apologize uh to orlando fc wolves i apologize to bradley welsh um And I'm going to try and get that thing done tomorrow night. When I'm done here with the show, I'm going right into searching for that audio. So I know I recorded it with him, and I apologize. I did not play the correct one. I thought I had it correctly done. did not happen, and I will get it done um, right away. And it will be on for tomorrow night sometime after 8.45 p.m. So just, you know... Be patient with me, please. I apologize once again for that error, and I will get it done for tomorrow night. I promise you that. Promise you that. Um, So let's just quickly go into these past matches. First for Orlando FC Wolves. They were one of the few uh, Southeast teams that did qualify out of, uh, you know, to play an opening round match And they did take on Deportivo Lake Mary uh, And they defeated them 4-0 Originally the match was not going to be done But then uh, Lake Mary fa- uh, They were able to get it done anyway And Lake Mary would play Against Orlando FC Wolves And as I said 4-0 right off the bat uh, Second match in the second round uh, Ocean Way Was their next opponent And that was a 4-0 victory For Orlando FC Wolves And then they took on the Miami Soccer Academy in the third round, and unfortunately for Miami Soccer Academy, they fell three goals to one. And then when they were getting ready to take on South Carolina United Heat, um, the Heat just could not feel the roster, so they forfeited, and Orlando City, uh, excuse me, Orlando FC Wolves advances to the Open Cup draw in January 19th. So, (coughs) <coughs> Excuse me, let me get that out of the way uh, moving forward. And once again, I'm going to search for that audio, and I want to play it for everyone tomorrow on Wednesday. So bear with me, and I apologize once again to Bradley Welsh and Orlando FC Wolves. I really wanted to play that, and um, I, I apologize for playing uh, the uh, the wrong audio for everyone. I thought uh, uh, I had that. It looks like I'm going to have to look for it, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to get it done. Um, City Soccer FC coming out of uh, West Palm Beach. They had a very uh, short run to go into the Open Cup. Uh, They had that opening round bye to go into uh, past October. So they came in in November and they took on and took out Inter Soccer Association by a final of seven goals to two. Not a full seven up because they allowed two goals, but still, though, is was a seven to two victory for City Soccer FC. And then you get to their final matchup against the Florida Soccer Soldiers, and we cannot forget the, sh- the short run that they had involving in the Open Cup, say maybe three, four years ago, taking out opponents left and right. Just unbelievable what they did and what they tried to do. And it was amazing, absolutely amazing what they were trying to do. And uh that was a 4 nil victory for City Soccer SC as they advanced into... The Open Cup draw, and they are moving on into the U.S. Open Cup Tournament of 2022. Another big club, of course, Escondido FC, coming out in the West. uh, A first round bye once again for those Western clubs in California. Took on Rebels Soccer Club with a 3-2 victory in the second round. And then... Chula Vista FC, and that was a 3-2 victory going into extra time. So big victory there for Chula Vista to advance into the next round. And then their final round matchup against Sporting ID 11, and that was a victory. Three to goals to one to advance into the final draw, winning in the final round going to the draw, and those are your clubs so far that are going into the Open Cup. It is amazing to watch. It's amazing to look at, amazing to read about this, and I'm just very, very happy that we have these clubs ready to go, ready to compete, ready for a fight. Going into the big, big tournament, that will begin in March on the 22nd and 23rd for these amateur sides. And once again, it is just absolutely fantastic, fantastic, that we are going to get these clubs prepared, ready to go, and showing all of us why they deserve to be in the 2022 U.S. Open Cup. Uh, before we get to our final guest for tonight, let's just go ahead and redo the uh, the schedule for the Open Cup. And once again, this is it's really succinctly easy. It's not that difficult. But once again, I'd like to pass it along and uh, get everyone to know what the situation will be. So once we get into the new year, on January the 6th, the Open Division Birth Allocation Announcement which will mean we'll find out who in USL League 2 has qualified for the Open Cup. Uh, We will also find out the rest of the qualified clubs in NPSL during the playoffs, possibly during uh, the ending of their regular season in their respective conferences and regions. So they'll be joining those eight sides that started in the quarterfinals going deep into the playoffs. So that is um the uh, open division uh birth allocation announcement once again wednesday january the 19th it is the first round draw and then on friday the 21st i will probably have uh certain clubs that will be my guests to review the draw and their opponents that they'll be playing against and then On January 26th, uh, we will have the second round pairings announced. And, of course, those are clubs from USL Championship that will join first round winners going into the second round. Uh, And here we go again, March 22nd and 23rd, first round proper. April 5th through the 7th, the second round proper. And then on Friday, April the 8th, the third round draw. April 22nd excuse me uh April 19th through the 21st the third round proper which means more than a half of the clubs in major league soccer who did not make the playoffs will be advancing to the third round clubs are definitely going to be um big time players and once again, they did not make they did not make the uh, the MLS Cup playoffs. So those teams will be advancing to the third round of the U.S. Open Cup. Those clubs are going to be from the Eastern Conference: DC United, Columbus Crew, Ma Inter Miami, Chicago Fire, and FC Cincinnati. Joining them will be the expansion side, Charlotte FC. From the Western Conference, the Los Angeles Galaxy, LAFC, San Jose Earthquakes, FC Dallas, Austin FC, and the Houston Dynamo. So those are the clubs that will be going into the third round of the Open Cup. And then once those games are done, on Friday, April the 22nd, We will have the fourth round draw, and those will be the clubs who did qualify for the MLS Cup playoffs, the rest of MLS. So here we go from the Eastern Conference, of course, the New England Revolution, the Philadelphia Union, Nashville SC, New York City FC, um, Atlanta United, Orlando City, and the New York Red Bulls. From the Western Conference, the Colorado Rapids, the Seattle Sounders, the Sporting Kansas City, Portland Timbers, Minnesota United FC, <clears throat> excuse me, and Real Salt Lake. So those are the clubs the rest of MLS will be entering through the fourth round. So that will be interesting to see how that's going to be done. Then we get to the uh, fifth round draw. Excuse me. Let's not go too fast. Uh, fourth round proper. May 10th through the 11th and uh, the fifth round draw will be on Friday the 12th and then the fifth round proper will be May 24th through the 25th quarterfinals will be on June 21st through the 22nd June 23rd will be the semifinal draw and the host draw for the final July 26th through the 27th uh, the semifinals and then of course either in September on the 6th and the 7th or the 13th and 14th Will be the U.S. Open Cup final, that championship final. So it is, uh, that is the entire schedule and the layout of the dates for the 2022 U.S. Open Cup. And all you can really say is this it is exciting, it is fun. It is going to be a fun time next season. And all you can really do is just sit back, watch, and have some fun. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, every match of every round is going to be streamed live ...on ESPN Plus. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I personally cannot wait... ...to see what will happen... ...moving forward. It's going to be exciting... ...fun... ...and... ...ton of work. But, you know... ...it has to be done. Like I said... I cannot wait, and off we go to enjoy ourselves with another fun U.S. Open Cup tournament. We don't know what the theme will be for 2022, but for the qualification, we all know what it was. Not enough in the roster to play a competitive match for qualifying. Very sad to see that. Uh, Very upsetting to see that, but what are you going to do? That's what the whole situation was. (coughs) Excuse me. And, um, you know, it's, it's a bit heartbreaking to know that happened. You know, once again, you live by the sword and then you die by the sword, so that's the situation that we have right now but you know once again we just cannot worry about these types of things moving forward but all you can do is just sit back relax and you know what enjoy the tournament as it is enjoy the tournament as it is having some fun with it it's going to be amazing and just tons and tons of fun Tons and tons of fun. I cannot wait. I am just excited for it. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's going to be absolutely brilliant as we get ready to talk about the Open Cup. And we have one more guest to talk to. We have one more guest to uh, have some fun with. And believe me, it's going to be fun and exciting. And this man is definitely going to be also filled, filled with confidence, filled with fun, and all you can say is is that this guest is also ready to go for the Open Cup himself ladies and gentlemen my next guest comes from San Fernando Valley FC he is the assistant coach of the club and this is Mr Kyle Keenan Kyle good evening and how are you tonight
4: Good evening. I'm fantastic, and thanks so much for having me on.
0: Ah, It's great to have you on, and congratulations for San Fernando Valley FC going to the Open Cup. What's it like from the town in San Fernando Valley, obviously? uh, A lot of support, a lot of good players, and you go out there, and you probably do the biggest thing the club has ever done as qualifying for this Open Cup
4: no it it definitely is and honestly we we just feel so much excitement um excitement for the for the players you know excitement for the community and we're just so satisfied that uh so much of our hard work has has paid off um you know into getting us to qualify and we're we're uh, excited to see if we can keep going
0: And, you know, how long has the club been around in San Fernando Valley and the dedication from uh, ownership, obviously, to be involved in in this sport? What's it like with them?
4: Yeah, so the the club was started in 2017 um, by our head coach, Carlos Cortez. And he essentially, um, he was coaching high school in the Valley, and he saw a big kind of gap in the system where a lot of his players were finishing club and if they weren't going off to college or having signed contracts at that time they didn't have anywhere to play and that inspired him to create the team and then um i came into the fold last may after uh having met carlos doing our c license so it's been my first full season with the club and you know based on what i know about the history and Having spoke to Carlos, you know, this is by far the most uh, successful season that we've had as a club thus far.
0: And now that success goes right into the Open Cup for 2022. So let's go ahead and dive in. Um, Okay. Let's go ahead and review some of these qualifying games you've played. Um, Obviously, opening round by in the first round uh, allowed your club to go into the second round, and you took on Trojans FC. Now, to me, people would say – You took on a bunch of uh, workers from USC. I don't know if that's the case or not, but (laughs) sounds like it. Uh, You defeat them two goals to one. What was it about Trojans that was really a tough nut to crack for you guys or at least competitive enough?
4: You know, it it was a tough – it was a very tight game. They, you know, were playing in a low block, kind of playing with a back five and – trying to get us on the counter so you know we we are a very possession-based team we like to have the ball we like to move the ball on the opponent's third we like to keep the ball and create chances and we were just having a difficult time you know penetrating the back line and and breaking down those those compact lines of of defense they had set up and um, it was our right back actually Irvin uh, Irvin Rivas who was able to help us kind of break the, to pick the lock, so to speak, on the right-hand side with an overlapping run. And he ended that game with uh, with a goal and an assist from the right-back position. So he was a big part of that win.
0: That's that's awesome to hear. Um, and then, of course, you move on to the next round where you took on Desert Communities. Unfortunately, they forfeited. Let me ask you this. I don't know if you've been paying attention they to did. the whole qualification um, mm-hmm. process uh, for this year, but did it seem strange to you to see so many forfeitures by other clubs that they couldn't get a roster going to perform uh, the match, to, to or at least play in the match at all? I mean, you're one of the clubs that yeah. suffered also, not saying you were forfeiting, mm-hmm. but your opponent just couldn't uh, perform on that day because of a roster situation.
4: You know, Daniel, it, it's been something that we've dealt with all season um and 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 our perspective has just been you know we're going to prepare we're going to be ready for every match and we always want to play the match you know it's never how we want to advance we always want to go out there and hurt it on the field and we just you know kept telling our team we're going to do everything that we can do to prepare during the weekend training and and we can't control the opponents and and we hope they show up and if they do we hope it's a great match and, and we win but that's one of those things that it's one of the many factors in soccer that's out of your control, and, and you know, you can only control what your team does, and, and we just focus on that.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I understand that, obviously. There's, nothing, there's only so much you can do. Just prepare, get ready, and when the other side just has an issue and it's just not – Properly done, then you're going to get one of those moments, and I understand that completely. Uh, it's final round, I would be lying
4: of course. If I said I wasn't mm-hmm. disappointed, though. I would be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed. You know, because exactly. we want to play those games, and we, we right. build up to it, and we get excited for them. So, you know, to answer it on that side, I, I am a bit surprised and and disappointed. But once again, it's you know, what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, I know. I understand what you're saying. I completely understand. Um, and then of course, uh, your final matchup against Capistrano FC, that's a two, one victory to launch you into the draw. Um, mm-hmm. another tough one for San Fernando Valley.
4: Yeah, you know, this was, this game's very, uh, you know, fresh in my memory as well. It was only a couple of days ago, excuse me. And it was a very, <laughs> it was a very close game. You know, they, um, in the first half, uh, Capo actually had the majority of the possession and, and we were having a, a bit of a difficult time getting into our game and getting into our rhythm and, and being able to pick up the ball off the back line. But uh, the second half, we, we kind of settled in. We we actually were up one nil at halftime um, with an early first half goal from our, uh, one of our central midfielders, Charlie Caseras, And, you know, we, we we did feel like it was a very even game at that time, and, and could have gone either way. And then we established ourselves a bit more, got got on the ball more, got further up the field. And it was actually our left our left back, um, Hamid Babali, who who uh, popped up with a finish in the box. And then they scored one late, which made it you know <laughs> made us a little nervous. They ended up hitting the crossbar late, and and we did um, you know hold on for the victory in the end, and that sent us into the into the cup. It really did.
0: If I can ask you about the San Fernando Valley area, now obviously you're not far away from Los Angeles, um, and of course you're in between uh, Burbank uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Between well, Burbank's between San Fernando and Los Angeles. But if I can ask you this, when you get your players uh, for your roster, do you normally get them from the from the Valley area, or do you get some from Los Angeles and Pasadena? Inglewood, Santa Monica. I mean, do you get talent from Beverly Hills that come out of nowhere?
4: <laughs> that's a that's a great question. So we, you know, the majority of the players are from the San Fernando Valley. Um, I would say kind of the core group is from there. However, we do have players that you know uh, have joined us this season and and that are starting to pop up from different areas of LA like we've got a couple players from West LA kind of Santa Monica area we've got a player from South Central we've got a player from West Hollywood so we do have that core you know based on the history and the location of the club but we're always we're always open we're always scouting we're always watching games we're always keeping our eyes out for you know top players in Los Angeles that are ready to drive and, and ready to push themselves
0: And so far, you've done well. You've gotten into the Open Cup. Uh, Big uh, date, January 19th for the draw. And uh, you, along with your uh, fellow Western amateurs, joining in like Escondido, uh, as well as, uh, I don't want to lose, of course, my notes here, Contra Costa FC. Now, I know you're not Mm going to face them in the opening round, but... You know, what does it mean for you to see these other amateur clubs joining you into the Open Cup for the very first time?
4: I think it's awesome. You know, I only think it it does good for the sport. Something I remember we spoke about, uh, when was that? Two days ago, I believe, uh, when we had our first call, is, is that it's important to highlight these teams and, and these clubs that are in lower leagues, and we want to see a more... Expansive game across this country, and we want players to move on and and move up divisions, and we want teams to compete from you know with teams from other divisions. So when I see clubs doing things similar to us, I, it just makes me happy because I I want the sport to grow and I want players to have opportunities.
0: Hey it and I don't blame you at all. We gotta give everyone an opportunity to go and chase their dreams as much as they can, as much as possible. So we have to. If I can. Yeah, you have to because or else uh, nothing's going to come to fruition and you never know. I mean, obviously, um, there was a dream by a certain player, you know, Matthew Hoppe, who uh, now Mm -hmm. is in Spain, but, you know, was able to get picked up for Hamburg in the German Bundesliga. And look what he's done so far and was part of a Gold Cup roster that won the championship over in Las Vegas uh, this past Mm -hmm. summer. And uh, that's the hope, you know, the next Landon Donovan, of course, maybe the next whoever uh, to go out there. And he might have started at your club. I mean, you never know if that will happen. And it's only going to happen I, on, mm-hmm. unless they get that opportunity first with your guys.
4: I, I believe it will. And there are so many good players. I can only speak specifically on the region I'm working in. And there are so many good players that people don't even know about and we're we're just looking forward to being one of the clubs that starts to to you know show people who these players are and what they can do
0: so are you and the coaching staff kind of eyeing the list of clubs that are going to be going to the open Cup? I know uh, the full list will be out on excuse me on the sixth of January, but uh, who would you like to play? Who would you like to take on in the opening round out of NISA, NPSL, USL League 2, who would you like to go and aim
4: for? Wow, that was a, (laughs) you did get me on this one, Daniel. Um, You know, I have, I've I've looked at the draw. I I never thought about a specific opponent. I think it would be cool to travel and and go somewhere new, um, maybe somewhere out of LA, so I know there's that uh, that team down in San Diego, 1904, so that could be fun. Um, but I haven't really thought about a specific opponent. There's nobody I, I want to play. We're just really looking forward to whoever that is, and we know they're going to be quality, and we also know it's just going to be a, a fantastic occasion.
0: Oh, I bet it will be, and I cannot wait to see what's going to happen. And you know, what's it going to be like for you and the club to be on uh, national? Television streaming wise on ESPN Plus, San Fernando Valley FC.
4: What's going to be like for you guys? It's it's just awesome to hear you say that. Honestly, it's it's just awesome. When I first got here in May, I remember going to the first training session and just watching a couple players on the team pass the ball before the session even started, and I said to myself, okay there's something here you could just see the way they were touching the ball moving the ball i said okay and then i started seeing them train more and more and then we started playing you know summer friendly summer tournaments and we just kept winning and i it just has has continued to to snowball and, and grow and there's been so much momentum behind it and i was very confident in our chances in qualifying for the u.s open cup but uh Not not to think, but to know that, you know, that next match and hopefully more is going to be on ESPN Plus, I I honestly can say has not fully registered with me yet. And I'm just pure excitement. So proud of the boys and and just pure excitement, man. I I honestly can't wait.
0: I can hear the excitement in your voice. sounds like you can't
4: wait.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's almost going to be here. It's it's creeping up.
4: It's going to come around quick.
0: Exactly.
4: It's going to come quick. I know. Yeah. We're on Mm -hmm. holiday. We're going to do Christmas, New Year's. We're going to go back to training. And next thing you know, that match is going to be here. So we can't. That's right. We can't lose focus. We got to keep pushing. If anything, we got to continue to get better every day.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And that's what this whole thing's all about. To give those clubs an opportunity on the national stage to go out and try and start a run. Um, I guess my last question for you is this. We've had many notable amateur clubs making big runs in the past. Uh, there's been the Dallas-Roma out of Texas. The most recent one, I can tell you, is Christos FC of uh, Maryland. And, uh, boy, they've, they've had an amazing run before. they get Well, they did score first on D.C. United, and then afterwards... It was just a hard-fought battle, and even though uh, they just couldn't do it at the end, still, though, it was a hell of a run by them. And, of course, there's other other amateur clubs, Florida Soccer Soldiers and a couple of others that were you know, on point. You feel you got a run in you right now for that uh, Open Cup?
4: 100%. 100%. I, I have full belief in the players. I have full belief in the coaching staff and full belief in the team and how they play together. And I know we have the quality. I know we have the belief and I know we have the preparation, but you know, of course we're going to take one game at a time, but I've never been more confident in any team that I've worked with in my life as a player or as a coach.
0: Awesome. That's great to hear. Well, listen here. Um, Sorry, excuse me. Listen here, uh, Kyle, I'm going to let you go. Enjoy your holiday I know you're here on the East Coast uh, visiting with yeah. your uh, uh, girlfriend, girlfriend, fiance, wife, family in
4: Virginia, I believe. Good. I will. Current. The, the technical term at this point is, is girlfriend. I, it is technically <laughs> technical girlfriend. Technical
2: term. <laughs> yeah. At this
4: At this point in time, <laughs> we're gonna go with that one. And yeah, we're we're over here doing Christmas and New um, Year's with her family in Virginia. You are correct. Okay. Good. Listen,
0: I know nothing. I'm not ruining anything. It's not my fault. Anyway,
4: (laughs) you had to get it in there, Daniel. You had to.
2: I
0: have to. I have to. I want to make sure I get it correctly. I just want to make sure I get it correctly. That's why I ask the questions. I'm the show host. Of course, I got to make sure I get everything down
4: correctly. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred. Well, thank
0: you very much for your time, Kyle, and uh, good luck in the draw and good luck in the tournament next
4: year. Thank you so much. And we are so appreciative of your time and and you having us on the show and keep doing what you're doing that as well.
0: Thank you very much. You have a good night.
4: Likewise. Take care.
0: Thank you. Take care. Thank you very much. Kyle Keenan, assistant coach at San Fernando Valley FC, as they're also going to be taking on, um, whoever they're going to be taking on in the draw, we'll find out in January next year. Um, Once again, I'm going to find that audio, and um, if I find it, I'll post it on tomorrow night's show, uh, this Wednesday night on the 22nd of December, after my scheduled guests for the final show of 2021. I know I recorded it. I know it's in here. I know I got it done. So, that's all I can say. Uh, But I want to thank my guests tonight. I want to thank Edgar Hernandez from Defeaters Kicks. SC. I also want to thank Bejan Eshmali from Contra Costa, and Kyle Keenan from San Fernando Valley FC. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Join me tomorrow night, my final show for the 2021 season, and then my break will start, and we're all going to just – I'm just going to take a break and uh, relax, and then we get ready for the Open Cup. So – It should be a fun one. It should be a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Have a good night. Take care so long. And bye-bye for now.